I forgot how good that beat is. Every Wednesday, I forget. Hey, y'all, welcome to Cost Politics. Thank you for joining us on the Fight Last Beast Network. Good to be with you guys. Um, today's March 11th, so it's a special day. What? It is? Yes. The day before my anniversary? Oh. It's my anniversary. It's me and my wife's anniversary. Oh, is it? Yeah. I man. always forget that. It's a back-to-back anniversary. Yeah, 15 years, man. Hey, way oh, to go. Wow. Yeah. yeah, me too. Uh, there we go. Oh, I'm just over here hanging out in June with my wife. Oh. <laughs> nice. Well, hey, we got a special guest on the show today. You know, every once in a while, a bold atheist joins us on the show. So and we I'm got grateful for Andrew, it. Andrew Seidel coming up here on the show. And uh, But before we get there... Make sure you guys join the club. We have, actually, this is kind of pertinent to the show today, too. We also have, uh, we, we just dropped a new episodic series in our club portal called Pastors and Politics. I'm yeah, super yeah. excited about that. Yeah. We've been working on it, actually, for months yeah. uh, and everything. So we got and The first four, show is in there? Yeah, the first show's in there, and we got three more coming okay. and everything beyond that. Hey, uh, Emmanuel Presbyterian Church down in Clinton, Mississippi, is looking for someone to be their full-time pastor. Oh, are they? Emmanuel is a member of the Communion of Reformed Evangelical Churches. It's Bible-believing, Reformed, Covenant Renewal, Pedal Communion Practicing. I guess that means they baptize their babies. They they baptize their babies if they're doing that. (laughs) Fellowship-loving church, adhering to the Westminster Confession of Faith, and above all, seeking to love and follow Christ, our King, in every area of life. Uh Congregation is biblically literate with about 100 members, ranging from young adult to senior with about 50 youth and children. And they're desiring a shepherd um, who would come along and shepherd them in wisdom and has a hunger to understand God's word more deeply. So if you love to preach, teach God's word, you love to be with God's people and are given to hospitality and have strong leadership skills, please contact Emmanuel by email at search at ipcclinton.org. Search at ipcclinton.org. Good old Mississippi. And, uh, check it out. Also, if you have friends that might be interested, pass that along. Please do it. Hey, we're really grateful to have Mr. Andrew Seidel on with us today. He is a constitutional and civil rights attorney, activist, atheist, author, former Grand Canyon tour guide. Oh, really? And sometimes photographer. Mm. But apparently he doesn't sing his own songs yet for the whole music. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, he's, he's over at the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Uh, Andrew works to ensure that the government obeys the First Amendment and that Jefferson's wall of separation between state and church remains tall and impregnable, so saith his bio. He's also the author of The Founding Myth, Why Christian Nationalism is Un-American. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us on Cross Politic. Thanks for having me on, gentlemen. Absolutely. So um, we found you, um, I found you, um, because I, I sent a tweet out last week that you uh, you copied and uh, over onto your Facebook and, and had some commentary, and I actually this morning couldn't find the actual commentary, so I just thought, well, you can refresh us. I'll, I'll, I'll say the tweet, and then you can give our audience your reaction to it. So the tweet was, one of the weakest links in the church is the wives of elders and pastors. Many wives are stumbling blocks to their husbands by their fretting, fussing, and criticizing of their husbands calling to lead and fight. An elder who has not discipled his wife for the fight is a liability. So I, I posted Ooh. that, and, and then you reposted it on Facebook, and I don't remember. What, what did you say about it? Well, I sort of invented a little conversation between a preacher and an eight-year-old to to mock the idea that men own women or that women should be subjugated. I believe that idea is inhumane. It's antiquated. And, you know, the fact that it's central to your religion and to your holy book doesn't save it. You know, if anything, to me, that condemns both of those things. So I, I believe in and I fight for equality and equity and inclusion. And, you know, I think your Bible in the church 
HR, to borrow a phrase from Elizabeth Cady Stanton, the greatest stumbling block in the way of women. And that's actually one of the reasons that the Freedom From Religion Foundation was founded in the first place, because, uh, you know, the fight for women's equality is a fight to keep state and church separate. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't want to get too tied up on that. We'll we'll get more into that. We're we're going to circle back Are we? I'm gonna, I, I'm, I didn't know you owned women. I don't. I don't know how many women you own. <laughs> I, I don't. Own, I don't own any women. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But, 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 we want to talk about your book, though, and maybe we'll circle around some of these these themes. So, why, why did you write the founding myth? I wrote the founding myth because there is a deliberate attempt right now to change the idea of what it is to be an American. Amen. To redefine American in terms of Christian. So that to be a Christian is to be an American and to be an American is to be a Christian. And that is being done using a lot of frankly really bad history. So, you know, this is the the book is kind of it's along the it's the next step in the argument about whether or not America is a Christian nation. But I wanted to do something more than that. So I don't simply refute the idea that we're a Christian nation. Instead I went a little deeper and I asked this question. Did Judeo Christian principles positively influence the founding of the United States of America? And the answer to that is no, they didn't. America was not founded on Judeo-Christian principles. And more importantly, it's a good thing we weren't Mm -hmm. because those principles are thoroughly opposed to the principles on which the United States was built. There's, Andrew, real quick. The two systems just differ and they, they differ and conflict to such a degree that, you know, there are these irreconcilable differences. That's the main argument. That okay. I think. And for our audience, just define what do you mean by uh, Judeo-Christian principles? What are, you, what are you referencing when you talk about principles? Sure. I mean, and that's, that's something I had to get into kind of right at the beginning of the book. I mean, I think right. the phrase Judeo-Christian itself is problematic. Um, you know, that phrase really didn't catch on until after World War II when the idea of an exclusively Christian movement had these very obvious and ominous and threatening overtones in the wake of the Holocaust. And so, you know, I mean, but the the phrase itself, I think the Judeo addition to Christian is really just, it's a sop, it's a fig leaf. It's meant to make this exclusionary movement called Christian nationalism seem more inclusive than it really is. Um, now, can you also, in, defi- go ahead. can you can you define Christian nationalism also? Yeah, that's yeah, a, that's sure. a, that's a good term. For you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Christian nationalism is the idea that America was founded on Christian principles, uh, that we are a Christian nation, and, and most importantly, that we've we've strayed from that foundation, right? That we've that we've gotten away from our godly roots, yeah. and the language of returning to those godly roots is used to then justify all manner of public policy. I would classify you gentlemen in your church absolutely as Christian nationalists, yeah. uh, and uh, thank you. Some, some, <laughs> you're 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 quite welcome. It's not not at all a compliment. It's uh, <laughs> very much. I I genuinely believe that Christian nationalism is an existential threat to the American Republic. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we like. Where do we begin? It's this yeah. is really this is really well, fun. I, I would like to, I would like to start with um, just to, just a kind of a clarification point. When I was kind of reading through your book, how do you interpret or how do you understand the First Amendment? Um, does it is it restricting the government, uh, the federal government, or is it restricting the church? I, I felt like there was I was getting kind of confusing messages a little bit reading through your book on that. Uh, I mean, it's, there's a 
there's a lot in the First Amendment. You know, it says right. it's really broad. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof right. or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. So there's actually six different rights protected in the First Amendment. What we're talking right. about, I presume, on this show are, are those first two clauses, the Establishment Clause sure. and the Free Exercise Clause. Yeah. Um, and, and the first thing I think that, that you guys should understand, that all your listeners should understand, is that you know, having the separation of state and church, having that wall of separation, which is built not just into the First Amendment, but the whole text and structure of the Constitution. It's a great Christian principle, too. Okay, mm, we'll skip that for a moment. <laughs> there, there, there is, I think the important thing for you guys to understand is there's no such thing as the freedom of religion without a government that's free from religion. And that, that's something our founders really understood. Uh, there, you know, there's a lot that was done at, during the American founding that had already been done um, in some places. But the, the separation of state and church is an American original. We, America invented yeah. the separation yeah. of state and church. It's an American original. Yeah, the we, idea we was born in the that. Enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was born in the Enlightenment, not in your church, but it was first implemented in the American experiment. And, I mean, that, that really is one of the reasons we have it is to protect genuine religious liberty okay so let me get to the point um, here on this then um with sure. when the let's say our capital here in idaho boise i don't think they'd ever do this but let's say they put the 10 commandments up uh and the mm-hmm. uh, at the capital here in in our state in idaho um does the first amendment uh address that does the first amendment say no boise's not allowed to do that yeah, it would because what what the a simple way to think of the First Amendment and the separation of state and church is to say that you cannot use government power to promote one religion. So, but it's it's actually saying or, the federal government, Congress, shall make no law. So the states can do whatever they want. It's the Congress who can't do anything about the state putting the Ten Commandments on their own property because in it theory, says Congress the time, shall make you, no you law. Also, in, but then you also have to account for the 14th Amendment, which I'm sure you gentlemen know incorporated uh, the the protections sure. of the First Amendment and applied them to the state. So, but when at the establishment of the Constitution, nine of the 13 states had established churches. Religions. Um, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. that was... The a, de- denominations. Yeah, the, yeah. And, there, and there was... Um, our understanding is um, we, we completely agree that the institutions of church and state are separated and rightly separated. They're, yeah. they're two different institutions. We don't we don't want a church run state or a state run church. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, and, and and we would point to the fact that nine of thirteen states at ratification did not see the First Amendment as attacking the fact that they had established churches in their states at the time. We also have to account for the fact that over the next 40 years, all of those states voluntarily disestablished their churches. Yeah, voluntarily. The last one, Massachusetts, right. in 1832, 1834, by amending their own constitutions to also right. separate state and church because yeah. the federal model was so damn successful because it works. But again, it was, a, it was a disestablishment, which again, you don't, we, we're not against that. We're actually yeah. for disestablishment. But the whole point of it, if you, if you actually read through some of the documents related to it, most of them were strong Christians who saw that this is a way for the government to get its hooks in the church, but they weren't saying that that is not um, in any way saying that then therefore um, religious values have nothing to do with the states. None of them are saying that. Well, I mean, I think you're I think you're conflating two things here. I mean, for, first of all, there's there's no such thing as sort of a, a one way wall. The founders and the Supreme Court, when they chose that metaphor, they they knew what they were doing. The founders they didn't understood. Use it. 
The fact that, I mean, Thomas Jefferson did. In, in a private letter. When, when, the private Supreme, letter. When, the Supreme, when the Supreme Court adopted it in 1878, and then again repeatedly throughout the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, I mean, it's been, it's been widely used to describe the relationship. And but in, 1890, the, the, in the 1890s, the Supreme Court also said that America is undoubtedly a Christian nation. That's the Supreme Court in the 1890s. They, not, not quite, and they said that in passing. It wasn't actually central to the case. I, Thomas I, Jefferson I mean, said it, separation of church and state in passing in a private letter. I mean, I feel like this argument is kind of getting a little disingenuous here. It was adopted by the Supreme Court to interpret that relationship in 1878. I presume you would agree with that. Sure, fact. but the Supreme- when examining When examining the rights of religious citizens, directly on point, not a passing statement. And when Brewer wrote that statement, he also had to write a whole book explaining the Christian nation passing line and basically walking that back and saying, what I meant is that there's a lot of Christian people in this country. So, I mean, it, it's not the, the point that you're trying to make there is, is, is not quite accurate. And we can sit here and trade random quotes all day, but the, the central aspect of it is that the, the structure of our Constitution and the First Amendment itself, you can leave aside the First Amendment, we don't even need that. The structure of the Constitution completely leaves religion out on purpose. Right, it is a godless constitution. There's no mention of God anywhere in the actually, constitution. Actually, there is. We the people. You're, you're wrong. Actually, in, in go ahead very, and tell me, and I'll point you to the I'll point you to the historical review article that I wrote that tell because uh, I, I know where you're going with this. Well, I mean, the, the, the explicit, let's say it on three. Let's say it on three. Let's say it on three. In the year of One, our Lord, two, three. Year of our Lord. Yeah. Okay. No, that's actually not in the constitution. It is. Um, that no, it's really not. That that was added by the scribe at the end. Um, during when the founders signed and the, those signatures are not actually part of the text of the constitution. It ends at article seven. And when the constitution was ratified by the state, they didn't ratify the date or the signatures. They only ratified but, up to article problem, seven. So it's but, not, it's not even ratified. It's not part of the constitution. The itself. Problem, if, any, if you want to learn, hang on guys, if you want to learn more, cause that's a really bad argument you just made. Um, there's a, <laughs> I wrote an, I wrote an article called dating God, which explains how it was added and where it came from. I'll put it up on my Twitter. You can see it. Um, you really shouldn't trot that one out. It's no, it's no good. Actually, it is because you said it's a purposeful thing, which means that if the founding fathers were purposefully trying to keep God out, then when they – I mean, unless they're a bunch of idiots and they didn't notice that a scribe put down in the year of our Lord uh, and dated the founding of the no, country. They, they were actually they – were, they were debating whether or not to keep the record secret at the time. I promise you – I promise you this is a very bad argument that you don't want to but, continue but, to but, make. But there's I'll, actually I'll, more. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll send you guys the article and you can read it. I, I'll be glad to read it. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. would be glad to read it, and, and thanks for sending it along. Um, but the fact that um, you have um, – the, the the argument that you're making, though, is that um, where we say the original uh, First Amendment says Congress shall make no law. Now, in order for you to get that to mean that religion has nothing to do um, with the, the founding of our country, you have to skip ahead a number of years to the 14th Amendment and yep. other Supreme Court rulings right. in, no, 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 in no. order to read that back into the past. Mm. Um, the original no, no, the original constitution is ratified when nine states still have established churches. It, they didn't have to immediately a, abolish all those established there. churches. Now, I grant you that disestablishment was a good thing, and over 40, 50 years, they slowly did that voluntarily. But all along, they're still saying things like, we need the blessing of God. Thomas Jefferson is calling for days of prayer. James Madison is calling for days of prayer to the Christian God and encouraging Bible study. 
Um, it's just not possible for you to look. You have to speed ahead, and you have to you have to read back into the past what isn't actually there. I mean, wow, there's there's so much wrong with what you just said. Um, and I really, I really, I would really encourage you guys to to pick up the book and read it because you know so much of I the did. history that 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 we think we know and that we've been taught is just not quite right. And especially a lot of the popular history that's floating around in Christian nationalist circles. Um, I mean, I mean, so much of it has been misused and abused, but deliberately by people like David Barton, um, who are, you know, in, intentionally altering things for their own ends. I mean, but again, you know, which we condemn, which we at. would condemn. Absolutely. We, we, we believe in telling the truth. We don't, we wouldn't, we would condemn all the rewriting stuff, but the constant, I mean, the, one of the first Congresses commends in their minutes, the publishing of a new Bible in America. That's not made up. I, I, again, it, it is for the, it is for the purposes of it being, you know, a religious book that people need to study. I mean, that was all about the fact that there was no, no printing press in America when we were at war with England. Uh, and the, the Aitken Bible, you know, they were trying to say like, yes, we need to print books here in the United States. Well, they didn't pick Darwin's evolution. No, they didn't pick anything. They didn't pick anything. And he also, he also asked for, he also asked for money to do it and they refused to do that because they didn't think it was appropriate. Yeah, sure. There's a good separation there. We agree with you on that. But here, Andrew, here's what's going on with what you're doing. Like what Toby's point is, you're kind of having to rewrite history as it happens. When um, 53 out of the 56 who signed the Declaration of Independence were all Protestant Christians. One was Catholic and the other two were, you know, had to hide their deeds. Let's do it this way, guys. Let's do do it this way. That, That number's off too, but let's do it this way, okay? Even if that's all true, I'll, I'll, we'll concede for the sake of argument here all right. that every one of the founders was an evangelical Christian the way you would think of them today. That a Jesus rose from the dead yep. Christian. Okay, I, I'll concede that for the sake of this argument. All right. You still have to then show that they took those the principles of that religion mm-hmm. and they used them to build the United States for the Christian nation argument to have any leg to stand on. Mm-hmm. So you have to name for me one principle that is unique and original to Judeo-Christianity Separation that of church positively state. influenced the founding of the United States of America. And, I mean, you, you can't do that. Separation of you church and state. I mean, that, again, not, not unique or original to Judeo-Christianity. We know where that idea came from. I, got, I, have, one, I have one for you. I have one for you. The president okay. this is in the Constitution. The president does not need to sign bills on Sundays. So you're, you're talking about the, the, the idea that Sun, like a Sunday closing, you think that you think that he, he, is yeah. The president gets Sunday off every week, which uh, which is a Judeo Christian value, which would point back to really okay, just the so, Ten Commandments period. Ten Commandments, it's unique to Judeo Christian values. That the idea okay. of, of weekly right, well, seventh right, day Sabbath on, or okay, first day okay, of the week. Hang on, hang on. So you, so and you're are you you're expanding that to the Ten Commandments? So I've sure. got I've got a whole section on the Ten Commandments. I address the Sunday closing law in. Uh, in the dating God article, actually. So I'll go ahead and again, push that, but I have a whole part in the book here on the 10 commandments. Uh, let's, and let's just say for the sake of argument, again, not quite true. It's a little more nuanced than that, that the Sunday closing law or the Sunday closing did influence the founding of the United States of America. 
is that's the best argument that you guys have. Well, no, that's, no that, that that's, wasn't the no, question. No, no, you, you no. asked us, you asked us yeah. name one thing yeah. that's unique to Judeo-Christian values, and I'm naming you one thing that really is unique to Judeo-Christian <laughs> values. That's all I'm doing. We aren't saying it's, you and, you know, I'm not, backing up I'm the not, founding. I'm not process. saying that means that, the, that that proves the whole thing. I'm just saying, I'm just answering okay, your question. I, I'm saying... And I'm saying that let let's again it's more nuanced than that, but let's I, I can concede that what does that where does that get you? That, I mean that gets you almost nothing, right? Well, no, like, no. how how does it the, answers how, your how question does the functioning? <laughs> it just how does the functioning of our government depend on that? So so how, it, how is let me let me turn it this way. So it, Toby's just answering the question. He wasn't he wasn't trying to do anything bigger than what you're trying to make it out to be. But you said on you said on page eighty five. I want to I want to turn the corner here a little bit. On page eighty five, you said the God given rights fallacy is also moral relativism masquerading as moral absolutism. So you're so you're arguing that hey, the the Bible is just another example of uh, a relativism, and and so. But I I want to turn that on you and and ask you what is what is your moral framework? What is your moral foundation? Um, where do you get equality? Where do you get equality? Where do you get, you know, where's your moral framework coming from? Okay. Um, I'm going to, I'll, I will answer that in just a second. I want to spend one more second on the 10 commandments okay. uh, because you, I mean, this, this, that, that's a central argument to, to Christian nationalism. Okay. Go. And you know, I, I, I devoted a whole part of the book and this is actually where the book began, uh, was, basically an analysis of, uh, you know, you, you mentioned the idea that we should put the Ten Commandments up in the Idaho Capitol. Yeah. There was a Supreme Court justice that said, yeah, of course our laws are based on the Ten Commandments. And I happened to have been reading reading the Bible at the time. I was near the Ten Commandments, flipped ahead to Exodus 20, and I thought, well, that's, that's definitely not right. Um, and the book sort of, it, it became and expanded a book from there. I mean, many of those commandments are fundamentally un-American. I am the Lord your God, you shall have no other gods before me. It would be difficult to write a rule that is more in conflict with the First Amendment than that rule. In America, you can have as many gods as you want or no god at all. Uh, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Again, un-American. Um, you know, don't bow down and worship other idols. Again, un-American. I mean, the Tenth Commandment is is like triply disturbing in that it going to the original reason you guys reached out to me, it makes women property, it okays slavery, and it criminalizes thought. What's so wrong with I mean, that? So, wait, 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 so time what, out, time out. Yeah, what's, okay. what's, what's wrong with that? How, how do you, as an atheist, have any sort of moral... What's comp- wrong with criminalizing thought? Is that, is that the question? No, no, no. What's wrong with slavery? As an atheist, you shouldn't have a problem with that. Wow. Um, do you, I mean, do you, have, do you have any concept of how insulting something like that is because somebody doesn't believe in the God that you believe in or doesn't choose to believe in a God. Yes, I do actually. That they That's somehow why I, do not have a moral compass. Th- no, I'm Let saying, me that, ask you this. where is it? Let me where, ask where's you this. Your, how do you no, account for around. it? Let's turn it around guys. Sure. Do you believe slavery is okay? Yeah. So I don't have, a, I don't see why you should no, have no, a problem. Ahead. Answer. I, 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 look, biblical slavery is fine. Biblical slavery is fine. I have no problem with biblical slavery. Do you believe slavery is okay? I ha- I just answered your question for if, you. In accordance ha- with God's law. Man stealing. Man stealing. Say what? And you hedged it. No, we're just Christians. I'm we believe in the Bible. F- Andrew, I'm trying to figure out how you have any moral compass whatsoever as an atheist. If you believe in evolution and how we got here, how you can how you can f- somehow come up with a moral standard is is almost crazy. It shouldn't matter who does what to somebody else as an atheist. 
So then how do you have, so where does your moral standard come from? I mean, we got here through violence and you know, that, that, I mean, this, that's how, if, if we're Darwinians, if we believe that might, and that might makes right because we were all, you know, tadpoles one time. Yeah. I mean, the strong survive. And if, if, if and, and based on what standard, if you're offended by what I said and what I said was wrong, based on what standard is it wrong? Well, again, let do you guys believe that slavery is okay? When you give me a straight answer here, 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 on that. Here, yeah, we did. We have. You I haven't given us biblical, a straight answer. Biblical, biblical slavery is fine. <laughs> All right. Straight hey, up. Andrew, I, but my but question There's a book you, in the New Testament called Philemon. Paul sends a slave back to his master. Okay. There you go. I believe okay. that. And are you, so when you say biblical slavery, are you differentiating then the slavery that was hey, know, Andrew? widespread across the United States hey, of America? Hey, Andrew, how can I you just want to get on the same page? Cause every no, no. time I'm going to Knox, I'm going to answer your question. Yeah. I'm just trying to get on the same page I, with you guys. Okay. I really am. So, so when you, I'm, I want to understand why you're qualifying slavery with biblical slavery, because there's a state just like there is a wrong is way to do things. There's a right way to do things. Slavery that was happening in Georgia and Alabama and all yes. across the American South. Yes. The, okay. That's different. Do you think the Bible condemns the slavery that was widespread all across the American South? Men stealing and men selling is wrong. And so, and so is racial prejudice. That's evil. And that's in your Bible? Yes, yes. sir. Yes. Okay. And you know that like, nobody at the time agreed with you on that. At least, actually, right? that's, 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 that's actually how slavery ended. <laughs> okay. You guys really got to read this book. I'm so excited. For I, you I, have, I have. I have. We, we weren't, we weren't, I love, I love hearing an atheist, uh, exegete Romans 13. It was very good. <laughs> it, it got me, <laughs> but you still haven't answered Knox's question. Okay. What, what's your basis for, for condemning anything? So I am against slavery because the owning of another human being is fundamentally unequivocally wrong. Who says and you and what God? You don't need a god. Let's 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 <laughs> Why back not? It up. let's back it up and let's back and do it. Let's do it a different way. You guys believe that moral absolutes are handed down from on high, right? Yes, and you you, you believe in relativism. You do too. At, but at the end of your line, at the end of the line, somebody on your side is claiming to speak for a god. No, no, God right? speaks for himself in His Word. Yeah, we got the Bible. We got the Bible. I know you have the Bible, and that was written by who? By God. By, by, by God. Yeah. By God. <laughs> Inspired through men. Yeah. It was God breathed. Inspired through men. So so did God actually is that actually God that wrote it down or did a human hand write that down? Uh, At a, the end of the line you have a human hand being. wrote it down, inspired through the Holy Spirit. And, I mean, some, guys, and, and something, and, line, some, and Andrew, some things like the Ten Commandments being. is written on stone. But, but so. you still haven't answered the question. Right. Where do you get I, your I, moral I, values? At the end of the line, one person's moral belief is what you have, is given the authority of divine law. You have one person claiming to know Andrew, God's will. Just like that you. Tell me why slavery is wrong. Because owning another human being is wrong. Says that who? human being has rights simply by Andrew? virtue of being born. Why? why? So, 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 then, so, a person, so then you have no problem with pro-life position then. A human being. You sound pro-life to me. Should be. Right? That. Right? So you're completely opposed to murder then? Murdering babies in their mother's wombs. I'm completely opposed to murder. Yes. I disagree with the idea that a, a collection of cells, while it has the potential to be a human being, so is you'd be, actually a human being. So abortion up to nine months? 
Why, why do people always assume that? Because, I mean, because well, Gorf, Governor Northam is pushing is, that in the Democratic Party in Virginia. He's not. So wait, yes, wait, wait. wait. Governor, so he was on record. So would that be wrong, though? The fun part about this. Hey, Andrew. Uh, that, <laughs> would that be wrong, Andrew? Would that be is wrong it, to have an abortion is, at nine months? I'm asking you a question. You guys. Andrew? I, I'm, Knox, I hear you. Then answer the question. I really do hear you. <laughs> I, there are a lot of really important debates and nuances to be had here. <laughs> and what you guys are trying to do is to impose a categorical no. rule on it. I'm asking you, on the basis, I'm asking you a simple on question the basis, of morality. On the basis. On the basis of what you believe but, your God is saying, Andrew, and, I, you then have, turning, and then you're turning, and then no, and then you're turning fine. around, got and you. you are saying, "I got that you." That is God's will. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Your, no, no, you're right. It's I, your that's interpretation, fine. I got and you. you are giving it yeah. a divine writ. Cool. Okay. So, and Andrew, that is far. That and, is far more dangerous than any of the kind of moral relativism that you sure. accuse our so, side of. So, so Andrew, Let's answer my question. Was, no, Andrew, I'm with you. Okay I let you. Hold on. Abraham hey, Andrew, was going to kill Isaac. Yeah, that, you was should it okay have. Okay, when Abraham if, was going to kill if Isaac. If you don't have, if you was that yeah, an acceptable absolutely, thing? If God it was told you to kill your son. Would you do it? it, it, it what happened with Abraham? Well, you, you shouldn't have a problem with that if you can't account for morality, if Andrew. God told you to kill your son. Would you do it, Andrew? Is it wrong? You still haven't answered my. I've answered your question. I say sure. Why not? So if God told you to kill your son, you would do it? This, what happened with Abraham and Isaac was totally fine, and you shouldn't have a problem with it since you can't account for morality. So, so I'm going to ask my question. Clear, so, so wait, 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 all, three, all three of you guys, all three okay. you guys are on the same page. Hey, hey, Andrew, if God told you to kill one of your I, kids, you'd be okay with so it. So I just answered your question. Correct? Exactly what happened with Abraham and Isaac was I wanna, totally— I want to hear from Toby and Gabe, too. To, sure. If God says to do it, you do it. Okay. So now, Andrew, I, I go back wow. to my question. So go back to my question. Do you have a problem killing a baby at nine months in the womb? Yeah, I do, because this is a this is a nuanced issue, and why it's is not something so why that you is, can apply a categorical rule? Why is it? Why Andrew, is it wrong? Here's the thing, Andrew. You're doing the same thing to us, though. You walked through the Ten Commandments, and you said that's categorically wrong. And then we 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 come back with criminalizing a, thought. Criminalizing thought is is wrong, but, but it's not criminalizing it. But you are you're taking your moral standards and applying it back across the board to us based on what? Based on you don't know what. Right, you, you still can't account you, for you it. still have given us no reason. You just say, "I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong to covet. Based I think it's I think it's wrong to to make it violate it, guys. This, these are not these are not. It violates somebody else's rights. That's why what's wrong with that? What's wrong, with, what's that? wrong with that, Andrew? Be, just because God said killing your child is okay doesn't give you hey, Andrew, a right. You don't answer the do question. Andrew. You're not answering our question. Just answer. <laughs> what's wrong with violating someone else's rights, Andrew? Guys, I, I'm I'm blown away by this right now. I really well, am. Yeah, and you the know why? Is mutual. But and, and, and the reason <laughs> is is because you have no way to account for how you have morality, and this is what happens. No, when you, is, hold on, hold on, Andrew. Okay. No, no, no. It's not. It's not. It's that you guys are in the exact same boat, except you claim God. Yes, but that's and a reason. So you are saying. At least you, we have a reason. No, it's not. You don't have a reason. It's not. So what it's we're not, asking you're, here, you're, Andrew, you're Andrew, what we're asking here, hold on, hold on. What we're asking here is we're no, asking no, you. No, I'm in the middle. I'm going to get this thought out. What you are ahead, doing is giving your personal morality a divine rule, a divine mandate. No. It's not. You do not have a pipeline to God. Yeah, your Bible was Bible. not written by God. Yes, it was. No, it really wasn't. Absolutely. You was. are just giving your personal moral choices okay. 
Fair enough. A what's wrong with that? But, but what's, what's wrong, wrong with these that? These are approved Fair. by God. So what? Because then you're using. Then you're using that to impose them on everybody else. Hey, so, so you want? That's what you want. Just like you. Just like you, Andrew. I can, so I can kill my own child because yeah. God said so. That which is, is what, which is what abortion does every day, and you're fine with that. You want to you want to oppose your morality on us. There's we're in agreement. What? I, I absolutely want to oppose my morality on you. That's why you're a lawyer and you go around fighting all these court cases to oppose your morality on everybody else. That's that's exactly we're there. The question is we're with you. The question we have you're somewhere. You've crossed over for sure. No, but but you you are telling us that our our moral values are wrong. And and no, so, I'm not. What? I'm, I'm no? not saying that actually. No, you just said oh. not thou shalt not covet saying, is wrong. Some of, some of them are yes. I'm not saying that all of them are. Okay, but but okay. I'm, I'm but saying you, that what you, what but those you, moral guys, values. you guys asked me. You guys asked me about moral relativism. You started off by reading a, a quote about moral relativism. What right. I'm trying to show you is that you are also moral relativists. The only difference is that I'm willing to admit it and say that there, there are really interesting conversations we can have and that there's some deep philosophy that we can get into on, in terms of where we ought to be drawing the lines and that these are sometimes not easy questions when you're talking about the life of a woman and, uh, you know, a, a, a baby at eight months. You know, that there can be really difficult conversations to have here. What you guys are doing, though, is saying, nope, this is easy because my God said so. And it's worse because it's just your personal moral judgments that you are giving divine sanction. And so, that is fundamentally, fundamentally dangerous to an ordered society. That so, is really, really uh, problematic. Uh, is that, it's moral relativism masquerading as moral absolutism. So is that absolutely true? Is what absolutely true? That it's dangerous to society. What, that, you, that mor moral absolutism masquerading as moral relativism? Yeah. Yeah. So you believe in objective, objective truth then? I mean, yeah. you're you're saying you're making it's absolute absolutely true that absolute that moral absolutism masquerading as absolute as moral relativism uh, or, the, or the other way around all absolutely cases no I mean if you present me with a case in which it's not true I will I will alter do you believe in absolute truth do you believe in absolute truth I don't I don't even really know what that means define it, it. are there some principles that are always true all the time in every situation in every nation. It's an absolute... I mean, there's probably an exception to that rule. Okay. Marquand, you're not even going to laugh at that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's honest. Appreciate the honesty. Yeah, at least, at least you've yeah. been honest with that. At least be honest. But the thing is, is that that at least means... I mean... If you're going to be consistent like with that, thing. it means, though, that it's possible, at least, according to your worldview, that Christianity is absolutely true. It's possible. Well, I mean, I mean, there, but there's zero evidence to suggest that Fine. anything like Fine. it is true. I mean, and if you're talking about anything in the Bible, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, most of the Bible is is fables, and I mean, it's not. You know, I, I know people like to say that it's a good book, but if we're being honest, it's not really a very good book. It, it's cobbled together from you know a bunch of different writers. You, you there's know, no real Andrew. You know, I'm going to say this, and and then we can end it here, but. I and I'll, I'll give you the last word on this. Your biggest problem with the Bible is not the fables in it. It's that God requires something of you, that he has commands. It's really on you. not. Hey, I oh, mean, Andrew, give me I a mean, second. I, Andrew, give me a second. It's really not. Andrew, 
No, because I'll, I'll you're you telling finish. me something about myself you, that I know and, it's fundamentally sure. not true. Andrew, so here, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and let you just tell me who I am. Okay, Andrew, here I'm I'm going to give you a second to close out. I'm going to give you the floor, but I'm just going to preach on you for a second, okay? And so you're just going to have to listen to it, all right? Uh the, the Bible. I really don't. Yeah, you I, do. I, actually, wait, no, I really. No, I'm gonna preach really on you, don't. man. Well, I don't owe. I don't owe you anything. We'll let you preach. I'm, I'm, we'll let if, you preach on us. If you are going to, if you are going to tell me something about myself that yeah. is fundamentally not true, I, I'm going to interrupt you I, and tell I, you. I'm, I'm going to tell you that you're a sinner. You need to repent. That's what I'm going to tell you. You're a sinner. Okay. Your, your heart, your mind, your attitude towards God is full of hate, and you are an enemy of God it's in your not. mind through wicked works. I really don't. And if you've really lied, if you, you have, you do. You lied. You've stolen. You've, I don't. You've, you've, you know God's law. It is written on your heart. Your and book you're is full of lies. It. Your book is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and one day, and you know this, and you're rejecting God, can and you're you point, trying to, can you point and you're to suppressing. one lie in the book? Uh, there's, there's, yeah, the wall of separation is not in the Constitution, bro. I, do, I didn't say it was. Yeah, you argued. No, you absolutely point, argued like it point, was. Point, you pointed point to, where to, it is. You pointed to specific, Thomas Jefferson. I specifically say it. I specifically say it comes from the letter. Yeah, no, the, I know. The, the I know you, you said it comes from the letter, okay. but you gave you, you it. You said pre- the faith of the founders is irrelevant to the founding of the constitu- the founding of the nation. Go there. That's, That's just fine. complete nonsense. <laughs> no, well, and and to add to that, what I said, you have to point to a principle that was religious, part of their religion that they used to craft and build our government on. I said that was the more important point. And, well, and we gave you at least one a very explicit example. There's a bunch more that we could go to, but we yeah. gave you. Exa- give me, give me another one. I'm, uh, yeah, give me another one. I'm, I'm happy to listen, guys. I mean, if you if you've got some, uh, you're you're better than uh, any of the other scholars out there. Um, the fourth they got Amendment. nothing. And again, and, d- d- all right, where where does that come from in religious law? And when did the founders? See, you're also stuck against this central point too, which is that during the debates of the Constitution. The founders, you know, like, never referred to the Bible or biblical law. They talked about Greco-Roman law. They talked about all kinds of different uh, thinkers in the Enlightenment. You, you fundamentally misunderstand said, what you it know, means to be a Christian when you make that argument. Like, as a Christian, it when, affects when I, my when whole worldview. And how, just because I don't mention God, doesn't mean I'm not applying God's word to my life. There's all sorts of examples where this happens throughout. Uh, history uh, throughout arguments and the, and the, uh, the, the founding of the Constitution, even even biblical. Well, do the Fourth like, Amendment for me. Do the Fourth Amendment for me. Uh, um, uh, uh, it's the uh, actually I'm thinking of the Fifth Amendment where you have the right to be. Um, uh, um, you have the right to. Is it the Fourth Amendment or Fifth? Where you have the right. Fourth to, Amendment is right to be secure in your persons and houses, unreasonable search and yeah, seizures, unreasonable search seizures. Warrant. Yes. Uh, the Fourth Amendment, and unreasonable search and seizures. That that is a a that we are um, not guilty until proven guilty. We are we are we are um, innocent innocent until proven guilty. That whole concept is a Christian concept uh, coming from our view of uh, Deuteronomy, from the Scripture, Deuteronomy. Yeah, nobody can be convicted uh, except mean, on the mouth of two or three witnesses. Don't take a charge again, of murder uh, except for two witnesses. Yeah, the, I mean the the, presum- the presumption of innocence is is. Absolutely not a Christian concept. I mean, we we actually know that to be true. And I, again, no, we I, don't. I actually, no, we don't. I, 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 I trace. 
You guys, I have a whole chapter on this, chapter 10. It's called, I've, it's I've called got The Presumption two. of Innocence. I've got chapter 66 when I tr- <laughs> Where I trace not only, not only the legal concept, but look at the Bible and Christianity. You guys came up with original sin. Don't tell me your religion is responsible for the presumption of innocence. Get out of here with that nonsense. No, actually, original sin is is actually integral to the whole <laughs> idea. We don't trust people who are in power. They're sinners. So we say just because you're a police officer, just because you're the judge, doesn't give you. Yeah. We don't think that you can see things clearly. And it's original sin is guilt before God, not guilt before the law. And the law is required. It has a hedge of protection of due process, two or three independent witnesses. And if you don't got it, Origi- you can't original commit. sin says that you are original sin says that you are guilty. Wow. Regardless of what you have done. Guilty of what though? <laughs> you tell me it's your religion. No, you, well, no, no it doesn't well, mean that I'm, I'm I appreciate you looking at the Christians and telling you I, what the Bible should <laughs> say. I, finally, if, 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 no, I've been waiting it, for that whole it, conversation. Original sin doesn't mean that I stole Toby's his car. Yeah. <laughs> right? It, it means that we're sinners it, before God. You're conflating all, all two of us, different you and, I, you and I, all of us. Without, original sin is guilt without regard to action, oh. which is exactly which is exactly what is prohibited no, Adam, under our Adam fell. Adam fell. Everybody's a sinner. And that's why that's why the law is prohibited from then going out. We don't trust police officers. We don't trust judges because they're sinners too. And that's why God requires due process on the a pursuit of any God accusation. God doesn't require due process. Yes, he does. The Constitution Absolutely. requires due process. No, no, no. It's in Deuteronomy, bro. Yeah. Yeah. The case law is clear due process. And and false accusation. <laughs> this is in, in the Old Testament law. False accusation says if you bring an accusation against somebody falsely, you and get that punishment. whatever punishment would have fallen on the person you were accusing falls on you. That's that's a protection of due process. It's a protection against false accusations. Yeah, that would have hurt Nancy Pelosi in the Kavanaugh trials. All right, Andrew, last word is yours. I mean, I appreciate you gentlemen for having me on at least to chat about this. I would really encourage you and all your listeners to go get pick up a copy of The Founding Myth. Um, I mean, the, the there's a shocking amount of misinformation and just bad argumentation uh, on your, your side. I mean, The Founding Myth is available in fine bookstores and websites everywhere. You know, your faith can't be strong if you don't challenge it with new ideas and genuine historical facts. So pick up a copy and learn something. And just, I mean, remember, there is no freedom of religion without a government that is free from religion. Mm. Andrew, I lied, but you shouldn't have a problem with that. I'm going to get the last word. I hope you repent and come to know Lord Jesus Christ. Keep reading your Bible, brother, especially the law. <laughs> more cross politics coming up on website. Sunday. I look forward to seeing you, Andrew. I actually have the control of the mic, so I get to do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to seeing you guys Sunday. Who we have coming on? Mark Hall. Uh, Mark, Mark Hall. Yeah. Very, very different conversation. Yeah, talking about the founding I, of America. I, I hope, Andrew, I, I hope you'll listen to our follow-up show because we're interviewing a guy on why America was a Christ- founded as a Christian yeah. nation. If you're single, get married. If you're married have kids and if you have kids go baptize them until sunday love god with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself go fight laugh and feast pray for andrew we're going to talk to him a little bit after we get off (laughs) 